Welcome to episode 68 of Motivated AF with Katie Forbes. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Katie Forbes. And on this episode, I am back. I am so ready for the fall 2019 season of Motivated AF, and I'm ready to fucking go. I'm trying not to scream into the mic because that's not ever sound cool. Uh, For those of you who may have wondered, you know, why did you fucking take an unannounced break? I do want to apologize. I definitely should have been better about keeping everyone informed because y'all are very loyal and I really appreciate that. So again, I am truly sorry um, because I know how annoying it can be when a podcast is not consistent, but I swear I am going to do better. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of what this whole podcast is about, right? So just so everyone is up to date, my main goal now is to get a better studio in the house finished so I can finally start having these guests that I have lined up on the actual show. But when I say studio, I obviously don't mean like a legit recording studio like a fucking musician would have in his house or, you know, a rich musician. As they say, I ain't got it like that. But I'm just working on a better setup so that I can start to film the guest episodes Um, for those of y'all that may actually want to watch instead of just listen. So that would be pretty fucking awesome, right? Uh, But as far as this summer goes and why I ended up taking a break, um, I did want to share with y'all a little of what was going on uh, before we get to the actual episode. I did have a lot of fun moments this summer, and I am grateful for all the bright moments I did have. But I also struggled a lot mentally this summer. Just so there's no misunderstanding, it wasn't remotely close to as dark as I felt before. It's not like suicidal thoughts or anything like that. But as I've said on here uh, many times, I do take medication for depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Um, And my doctor did make some adjustments to my medications this summer. And while I'm glad that they did that, because now it is helping a lot, There was a period of physically and mentally kind of adjusting to that, so that was part of it. To sum it up, my summer felt like it bounced between high and low moments. But as the summer started coming to an end, even though in Memphis it is most still definitely hot as hell, I grew tired of my old excuses. I went back to the Mel Robbins five-second rule, and I kind of, and kind of one of those mottos, you know, of mine that I didn't make up, which is feel the fear and do it fucking anyway. Um, And I was terrified of doing some of those things, but I fucking did them. I went to parties. I did some social things that in the past I would have hid from. I, as you know, if you typically listen to this podcast, campaigned for my Memphis Flyer Best Podcast nomination and fucking got it thanks to all of you. So awesome. Thank you so much for that. So then I campaigned for you to vote for my podcast. And again, thank you so much because I know so many of you did take the time to not only nominate, but then also vote for Motivated AF. So I just want to thank you guys so much for that. I know so many of you did take that time. So I want to thank you for that. The only thing I've got to say sorry about that is that we actually won't know anything until the next episode uh, you know, Dr. Dre style or whatever, before we hear who actually won. I was invited to attend the Best of Memphis party because of the podcast nomination. And honestly, even that was exciting for me because I've never been invited to anything like that. I mean, I think years ago, you know, I may have gotten nominated for Best Local Twitter Feed. But let's be honest, I wasn't winning that over Tony Allen. Nor should I have obviously won it over Tony Allen. <laughs> Thank God Tony Allen doesn't have his own personal podcast yet. And I won't sit here and pretend that I don't want it, that I don't want to win it. Look, y'all know I'm too honest to pretend, so I'm not going to be the guy who's like, oh, I really hope everyone else gets it. 
because I fucking won it. Uh, having said that, regardless of whether I win or lose the award, I will be forever grateful that you all supported and listened to me over the last two years. Yes, I know, it's crazy it's been two years, so thank you, thank you, thank you, you guys fucking rock. Again, I'm trying not to scream into the mic. It's kind of hard for somebody that gets excited like me to keep these audio levels, you know, level. So, on to the episode. You're like, oh shit, I thought that was the episode. It is not. Um, I did write a lot over the summer. I wanted to make sure that this first episode back was one that is truly motivational and inspiring to y'all. Like, I really wanted that to be pulled out of it. So, with that being said, I will not be doing that traditional, like, goodbye at the end that I do. Um, and that's because I am ending this episode with one of the most inspirational, motivational, Make you fucking feel something remixes I have ever heard. Shout out to Alex Scott at Cycle Bar Germantown because I was in one of her classes one day and I was like feeling like all tired and shit and like I can't do this. And this remix came on and uh, my friend Cole who was in there also and that's been on the podcast, he said the same thing. It just was like a shot of fucking adrenaline in my veins. I sent it to my friend Ashton who has also been on this show he accidentally listened to it at 2 a.m. And at the end, he was like, oh, shit, now I can't go to sleep. So, again, I feel pretty confident to say that it's a good fucking song. So, shout out to Alex Scott. Honestly, it sort of made me feel like I could ride that bike through a fucking brick wall. Yes, a stationary bike. Uh, you're definitely going to recognize the song, but keep listening anyway, because this remix just gets more epic as it goes on. I promise I'm not paid to do any of this. Hopefully, I don't get in trouble for doing any of this. Uh, it's just that good, and it's so, like, when I heard it, um, I just knew this has to be on my podcast. And because I wanted to end the episode on that high note and not like bring it down again and be like, say something, I won't do the typical end. I usually do put the same song at the beginning and the end, but this episode, this particular song I'm referring to will only be at the end. One quick credit note is that I am not 100% sure who created this particular remix. I found it on SoundCloud. The name of the account was Anonymous Coward. So you should be able to find it there. And I don't know if that's even like, I don't know if that's like his DJ name or if that just means he didn't do it uh, and he posted it and he's afraid he's going to get in fucking trouble. I don't know. But regardless, I will be posting a link to that and any other credits I can find after this episode. Um, if you would like to email me for any reason, whether it's for advice, an idea, or something else, you can do so by emailing podcast at katieforbis.com or by going to katieforbis.com and clicking on the tab that says contact Katie. Both ways work. Both ways, the message comes directly to me. Of course, if you haven't done so, I would love for you to follow my social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram. My personal accounts are going to be at Katie Forbes. I also have a Motivated AF Instagram account where I post and repost motivational content and, of course, obviously promote and remind you of the episodes. Speaking of that, if you haven't subscribed to Motivated AF with Katie Forbes on iTunes or you haven't followed the podcast on Spotify or whatever the fuck they call it over there, I would be so grateful if you could do that for me as well. <sighs> okay. So let's, for real, get on to the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who's back up in this One of my all-time favorite quotes is attributed to the philosopher Epictetus. He said, If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. I quote it on here on this podcast fairly often. And yes, it's also quoted in the movie Serendipity. 
And that is where, as a teenager, I first heard the quote. I never forgot it or the scene where it said, What? Don't fucking judge me. I think the movie Serendipity is highly underrated. And just as a side note, I am not endorsing as far as these actors or what they believe or say or have done. I don't know. I haven't researched in a lot of these people recently. So um, if I'm talking about this movie, please don't think that means I'm endorsing the actors or actresses because I am not. It had a great cast and there are some really great scenes with lines delivered so well by the actor or actress that every time I hear those lines, I get chills and kind of an inspired energy but it has been one of my favorites in that corny-esque genre since I saw it in the theater way back in 2001. I still get all the feels when I happen to see it's on TV around the holidays or whatever. I own the DVD, of course, too, uh, but you know how it is. If one of your favorite movies is on TV, you gotta stop and watch it, right? Even though it was made in 2001, I'm pretty sure this movie would be a lot harder to make in 2019 because of social media and how easy it would be, even with as little as he knew, to find someone. Part of that is creepy, and part of that is fucking cool. But you gotta have both parts, I guess. Uh, But what I think I love about that movie at this stage of my life is not what it used to be. I used to love it because of the whole generic rom-com reasons. But now? Now I have fallen in love with the absurdity of the movie itself. I've said on my podcast many times that I no longer believe that everything happens for a reason. And I say I've fallen in love with the absurdity of it because in this movie, the opposite pretty much of what I believe in real life is kind of the entire premise of that film. In this movie, the message is that the universe or God or fate or whatever you want to call it is in fact at work in these seemingly small and yet complex ways. A big part of that being that soulmates exist, which is another thing I do not believe in. But I don't know. There's just something about the movie for me, and it's hard to really put my finger on it completely. And to be honest, most of the movie, these people are arguably making a lot of selfish decisions, by the way, and I'm also not endorsing that part. But there's just something about how bad these two people want to find each other and how long They're willing to look despite every single fucking sign and dead end and failure to find each other over and over for 10 years. They can't quite give up the search. They even want to sometimes. But even when they try, there's a little flicker of hope that just won't seem to go out. Sure, it's all sappy and romantic and largely very unrealistic in the context of two people who fall in love. But recently, I've looked at some of the movie's ideas in a more general and inspiring sense. And I've realized that maybe I didn't disagree with every aspect of the movie's premise after all. The real reason why I never stopped loving the movie Serendipity all these years is because I fucking love movies and stories, corny or not, unrealistic or not, that feature characters or real-life people who refuse to give up on what they want even after everyone and every sign told them it was a lost cause. Even after people said they were crazy and that they needed to be more realistic. And in the movie Serendipity, there's a part of these two people that doesn't, they don't even know why they can't let this dream go. But they fucking can't. 
The movie refers to this idea, depending on how you look at this movie, because you really could look at it a couple ways. The movie kind of refers to this idea as destiny. But if that's the case, then maybe I do believe in destiny. If I choose to look at it from this other perspective, because I do believe in putting faith in ourselves, because I do think under all the bullshit we've used to shove it down, we do know what we fucking want in life, but we keep it hidden because we're afraid to want it. We're afraid to fail. We're afraid of being made fun of. We're afraid of losing friends and loved ones. We're afraid of fucking it up and not being able to undo it. We are afraid of trying anything that we don't already 100% know we can do. We're afraid to be out of our comfort zone. I get it. I talk about it all the time. 100 fucking percent I get it. But what that means is all the energy we waste in fear over stupid shit when the real thing we should be afraid of is a life of what fucking ifs. I'd rather tell you a story any day of how I made a fucking fool of myself, which granted is partly because I just have so many stories that fall under that category. But also, I would rather fucking make a fool of myself and have that story to tell you than to not go after what I want in life. What story do I have? A what fucking if story? What fucking if I would have kept going? What fucking if I wouldn't have quit? What fucking if I did have a future ahead of me? But what if I was too afraid to live my life in a way that I had never personally seen myself? What if I wouldn't have been afraid to be the first? What if I wouldn't have been afraid to not be the first? And if I hadn't been so afraid of a loss, how many wins could those losses have eventually produced had I not just fucking pushed through until I made it fucking happen? I've got news for you. Nobody likes hearing those fucking stories. Nobody likes hearing the I almost stories, the what if stories. Nobody wants those fucking stories. I don't know about you, but I do love a good story. And a good story, honestly, if you think about it, is not always funny. A good story does not always end well. A good story has a wide range of reasons why it can be good. But none of those reasons are ever because every single fucking thing went according to plan. Nobody wants to hear or even tell a fucking story about how nothing at all was out of the ordinary and everything just went off without a fucking hitch. Nobody wants that perfect shit. Why are we trying to live this perfect story we didn't even fucking want anyway? As I said, I do love a good story. I love hearing one. I love telling one. And I want to look back on my life and I want to have a lot of good stories. I want a life of crazy stories unbelievable stories. I want stories where I didn't think I was going to make it through that shit, but I did. I want stories where I went after the thing I felt in my core being I was meant to do or the person I just knew was perfect for me. But I also want the stories of how that shit didn't work out and it rocked me and I thought life was over and that it could never be good again. But I want that story to finish with me saying that despite losing it all, despite the heartbreak, despite believing in my core that I was fucking destined to do that shit and it fell apart. I not only fucking rose up out of that shit, I made something of it. I want to say in that story that not only did I not fucking throw in the towel, I also didn't decide to let life give me one fucking purpose and if it didn't work out, I was done. 
I want to tell a story about how every single good thing was fucked up, but I made something out of it anyway. I want a life of good stories. I don't want a life of perfect fucking stories. I don't want to say it all went right, it all went according to the original plan, that I never knew the feeling of overcoming shit, that I never knew what would have went right in those wrongs had I ended up making that mess into a beautiful mess. But in the end, through all those crazy, tough, dark, amazing, heartbreaking, all that shit, all those good stories, that along the way, I met others with good stories too. I want the lesson there to be. I would have never known the love and fucking strength that can come from the beautiful mess of a well-lived life. Not unlike the movie I've been talking about, Serendipity, I want every dead end in those stories to ultimately not be a dead end because I fucking refused to see it as a dead end. Because I knew what I wanted, and yeah, I had to sacrifice. There was setback after setback, and person after person who told me I was a jackass, that told me I was crazy. Maybe it was kind of crazy. And maybe I was a jackass for believing I could ever find what I was searching for. But it was a crazy fucking adventure that made one hell of a good story. Which is what these characters do in the film. They refuse to believe anything different, and there is something about that sort of relentless hope that hasn't been snuffed out by the world despite its best efforts. There's something about it. And now I want to be a jackass. You are a jackass. Well, thank you. You are. You, you, you're my hero, you know? You're, you're like my oracle and shit, you know? You're out there, man, and you're making it happen. Mm. <sighs> Courtney moved out. We, look, man, we've been fighting for a really long time. Why didn't you tell me? We didn't want to ruin your wedding, man. We just didn't want to rain on your parade, man. We put, okay, what, the, what the hell happened? We just, we let it slip away, you know? That's the point. It, you know, it died. We died. What was the cause of death? Not enough of all of this, of this, of this, and not enough, you know? Do you, do you remember the philosopher Epictetus? You remember what he said? No, he said, if you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. That's what you've done. I work hard at it. Now, I want to be a jackass. You know, you're the shit! That would be me, the shit. Yeah, he's the shit, okay. Epictetus also said, how long are you going to wait before you demand the best of yourself? My answer, I can honestly say not one more fucking year. I think I'm finally content to be thought of as foolish and stupid. And you guys know this because nearly everything I've done so far with Motivated AF and my content in general has made me, at some point, feel, I promise you, very foolish and very fucking stupid. But I refuse to allow the next chapter or the next story or however you want to look at it of my life and career to be derailed by someone else's lack of fucking vision or even my own fucking ego. So now I want to pose a question to you. 
How much longer are you going to wait before you demand the best of yourself? Are you ready to fucking do this with me? I know I am so ready to call it a fucking day on my same old played out bullshit excuses. I'm tired of feeling like I'm stuck on a damn hamster wheel of fuck-ups. And it's such a different feeling because y'all, five years ago, I was mainly just sick of everybody else's bullshit, which is still true to an extent. But also these days, I am far more sick of my own bullshit. And I still believe wholeheartedly that you and I can create our own fate. And as corny as it is, I do think, in a way, we can choose our own destiny. But over the years, we have to be willing to pick up a lot of our own good stories to tell. So even on the hard days, when you're feeling foolish and stupid, when you're feeling like no one else will even care, when you're feeling, guys, like a jackass, don't you dare give up. I believe we are destined to be whoever we design or resign ourselves to be. In life, there's going to be some dead ends and missteps along the way. But once people start hearing your stories, they may still think you're a jackass, because I promise you a lot of people still think Katie Forbes is a jackass. But guess what? If they do think you're a jackass, at some point, they're gonna wish they were one too. Because there is something so fucking, I don't know if this is even the best word, but whatever. There is something so fucking attractive about someone who is so willing to handle the shittiness of life and keep fucking swinging, dude. I'm serious. Those people who just fucking accept that they will be thought of as foolish and stupid. They accept that no one is going to believe that after everything that's fucking happened to them, that they would have the audacity to believe they could fucking be different. I love those people, that they know it's going to hurt their pride. It's going to make them look weak sometimes. But that is just honestly, to me, more proof that they just fucking want it. And because they didn't give up, I've seen so many people turn a mess into something so fucking beautiful. Serendipity is when you unexpectedly find something good. And if you don't give up, I know you fucking will. I know every single person listening to this, if they do not fucking give up, serendipity is going to find them and they are going to find something unexpectedly good out of it. Jonathan Traeger, prominent television producer for ESPN, died last night from complications of losing his soulmate and his fiancée. He was 35 years old, soft-spoken, and obsessive, Traeger never looked the part of a hopeless romantic. But in the final days of his life, he revealed an unknown side of his psyche. This hidden quasi-Jungian persona surfaced during the Agatha Christie-like pursuit for his long-reputed soulmate, a woman whom he only spent a few precious hours with. Sadly, the protracted search ended late Saturday night in complete an utter failure. Yet even in certain defeat, the courageous Traeger secretly clung to the belief that life is not merely a series of meaningless accidents or coincidences, uh-uh, but rather it's a tapestry of events that culminate in an exquisite, sublime plan. Ask about the loss of his dear friend, 
Dean Kansky, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author and executive editor of the New York Times, described Jonathan as a changed man in the last days of his life. Things were clearer for him, Kansky noted. Ultimately, Jonathan concluded that if we are to live life in harmony with the universe, we must all possess a powerful faith in what the ancients used to call fatum, what we currently refer to as destiny. So today, more than ever, as my dad used to say, please do not let a dream delayed become a dream denied. If they didn't want us to be together, then, then why did we meet tonight, huh? Gotcha. Well, I don't know, but it's not an exact science. It's a feeling. Well, what if you're wrong, huh? What if it's all in our hands and we just walk away? No names, no phone numbers, nothing. What do you think's gonna happen? Do you think good old fate is just gonna deliver my information right to your doorstep? Do you know that's the best idea you've had all night? What's the best? Write your name and number down. Want to find another bill? Mm, just do it. Look, if you had... You are a strange... One shot. An interesting woman. One opportunity. <laughs> Now what? Sees everything you ever wanted in one moment. Did you capture it or just let it slip? Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out. Time's up.
Ta-da-da-da. You've only get one shot.